scary girl. Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead, Dead Time Stories. Welcome back to a like regular episode. Still, yeah, still recording with the recording, audio. Yeah, and we have you know one more like this. <laughs> one more, guys. But, but then we'll be on the other side. We'll be back in our studio soon enough. So um, it's not like this forever. So just bear with us. But again, the content is still the kawa. I can't talk the quality content that you expect to hear from us. The quality, quality. quality. That's cute. That's cute. I like it. So, Sarah, what's yes. up? Well, I have a show. Yes. That's kind of gone by the wayside because we've been working on our side show. Yeah. Here. Our side business. Our side endeavors. <laughs> our side arrangement. <laughs> Are we seeking that? <laughs> we're not yet, but we're on our way. On our we're way. informing ourselves so that we can then seek it. Yes. Uh, other than that, I am still in rehearsals for Mary Gerard. That will be opening September 19th. I don't know when this episode is airing. So in conjunction of when this episode airs and you're listening and my show, I'm not totally sure. But if you're in the greater Philadelphia area. This episode comes out August 29th. 29th. So still like a month away. We run September 19th through October 6th at Allen's Lane Arts Center here in Mount Airy. Tickets are reasonable. There will be industry tickets available. So if you buy tickets online, you can get an industry ticket, which is great. Get in on that. Theater is BYO, which is also awesome. So bring some drinks, bring Bring some snacks. Yeah, and it is a 90-minute straight-through one-act show, so there no will be no intermission. Cool. One of the coolest things about Allen's Lane is that they let you bring food there. So, yeah, bring your food. Open it when you're sitting in the house because they give you a good little while to yes. open all your food before all the people come in. So you open your food, crack that bottle of wine, and you enjoy dinner and a show. Uh, and then the actors come in and do their show in front of you while you eat dinner, and it's fucking Awesome. That's a good time. Yep. So come out and see that. See your girl and see some other people that you've heard on Dead Time Stories because yeah. Colleen, or not Colleen. Well, Colleen uh, will be there. Colleen will be but there. But she will be there with me as an audience member. Teresa, who introduced us to Colleen, is a castmate of mine in yes, the show. Yes, she's in the show. And it's directed by our very own very. Mary Angela Saavedra. Bom, bom. Bom, 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 bom. Who you've heard on this show many, many times. Many, many times. So, yeah. So, yeah. Very excited about that. I've got that going on. How about you? Me, um, I'm excited about my book, Bad Sex and Other Problematic yes. Analogies. It's now available on Amazon through Kindle or on paperback. And yeah, that's super, super exciting. My first book, it's the same name as The One Woman Show. And if you saw The One Woman Show, it has all of the essays that I read in the show, plus a whole lot more. So that's available now on Amazon. Yay! Yay! We're fucking doing shit. We got it. Oh my god, I love it. I wish we could do interactive episodes, which I guess would just basically be a live episode. We'll figure it out. Because I want to ask what people thought about the last episode, because it was just so different. And I also feel like when we have guests on, they tell a story or they tell an experience, and we ask some questions, but this was strictly This was like an interview. Yeah, we we interviewed. 
So, did you guys like it? I mean, did you like it? Did you like it? Um, I know it's different from what we normally do, but it's just a preview into the bonus content that's coming on our Patreon. And, but yeah. Totally different than what this podcast started as, but we found ourselves on this avenue. going. So, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Go check out our Patreon. You can support us and get access to that new content. But... We got some spoopy content we for do, you. We do. Because it is spooks. still dead time stories. stories. So I don't know. Sarah. Stephanie. Y'all, y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? Did you want to go first? You know what? I can. I have a really short one. Okay. Mine's pretty short, but I can, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So I'm just sort of freehanding this because I've actually talked to a whole bunch of people about this. So I'm just going to talk to you, Stephanie, like I would be talking to my friends at the bar. I have a conspiracy theory that basically proves that there are alternate timelines and other dimensions. Oh, yeah. Go for it. I'm here for it. Right? Okay. So, growing up, there was a children's book and television series that focused around a family of bears. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know. Yes. Continue. So, Stephanie... Do yes. you remember the name of that family of As bears? a child, what do you remember? I would have sworn to God that they were the Berenstein Bears. The Berenstein Bears. I, I would have Thank sworn. You. I would have sworn and, on my life. And for all of our listeners, will you please spell the way that that is spelled? Berenstein? Yes. Um, I'm not positive. The way you Honestly, that I would get the bear part right. Because I don't remember if it was just B-E-A-R. But I remember the Steen as S-T-E-I-N. Thank you. So, I remember it that way too. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I've seen this too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, <laughs> so I love this theory and I think that it's hilarious because I stumbled upon it a few months ago. I don't remember if it was a BuzzFeed article or something where they mentioned that there was a conspiracy theory because the Berenstein Bears is actually the Berenstain Bears. Bears. And they said everything is spelled S-T-A-I-N. <laughs> Go back and do the research. And I and you went, can't find any pictures. You can. Well, I went... <laughs> And I said, I don't remember it being spelled with an A. A. I distinctly remember it being spelled with an E. And I loved that show and I loved those books. I will never forget the green-eyed monster, the jealousy monster episode where little sister is jealous of something of her brother. And so this green-like version of her pops up Mm -hmm. because that's jealousy. Those were the Berenstain Bears, goddammit. So, point of the matter is... You and I, who remember it yeah. as the Berenstein Bears, we're from a different timeline. Time and everyone who remembers it as the Berenstain Bears, this is their timeline. So the theory is that at some point, someone went back in time and they disrupted something so tiny that it just kind of kicked us. And put us into the Berenstain timeline. And that's one of the notice, like, that's one of the signs that things are different. What did you just Google? I Googled, there's a very similar thing about (laughs) a movie from the 90s. Now, recently there's been a movie called Shazam with Zachary Levi. This is not that movie. 
But there's a very similar theory that there is a movie called Shazam with Sinbad. Yes! Not to be confused with Kazam starring Shaq, which is a real movie, and you can look that up. That exists. But other people swear that there was also a movie called Shazam where Sinbad played a genie. Um, and I was Googling that because it's the same exact thing where there are tons of people who are like, I remember this movie. I saw this movie. But so, there's all these things that like, it doesn't exist. It's not real. So that brings me to the bigger picture of yes. And that's called, that phenomenon is called the Mandela effect. They put a name to it. And it's the effect of a large group of people misremembering And not something. the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect? Nelson Mandela is Like what Nelson Mandela, off. not like a Mandela? Yep. Okay. Yep. Because there's a large group of people who swear up and down that they remember that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 90s. And they swear that they remember seeing those news media-like publications, hearing that news... And what it means is, yeah, a large group of people misremembering some sort of a fact or an event, but it they're people scattered all throughout. They're not like just a family. And it's people who staunchly swear up and down that that's the way it is. And there's multiple things. But it's confirmed things. because other people, when other, other people, people are like, yes, I remember, I remember that, that too. too. Yes. So... <laughs> Needless to say, whatever, we're still from a different timeline and we got pushed into this timeline. Um, but there are other things like Shazam. There's also one that goes along with Disney's animated movie Snow White and the famous line that the queen says to the reflective. She doesn't actually say that, right? The mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Yep. She so doesn't really say that. everyone swears up and down that they remember it being mirror. And this one was a big point of contention with my yoga group on Sundays, because I told you they always ask me. Because they I were all like, that happened. I remember mirror, mirror. I remember mirror, mirror. And um, it's not. The line is magic mirror on, on the, the wall. wall. It's now, not mirror, mirror. It's magic It's not. Mirror. And I remember it not being, and I know that for truth because I have the old VHS and I can still watch it. Right. But it was the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> Period. There's another one. My other favorite theory that came from this too is that Donald Trump has a time machine. And that's why he's been able to get away with so much shit is because he somehow manages to go back in time and switch it so he doesn't get in trouble. And we're all stuck going, there's no way he's going to get away with that. There's no way he's going to be elected president. And he's just like real fast, come back, president. Doesn't matter. He's got a time machine. He's got a time machine. Avril Lavigne is dead. The whole world is going to shit, and it was the Berenstein Bears. I just, he's a lizard person. I was like, he's just. With a time machine. Okay. So he can be a lizard person, but not have a time machine. Por que lo estos? I feel like there are such larger implications of change with a time machine. I feel like there's not enough. Someone's going back in time and fixing it for him. 
I, yes. <laughs> I, I wish it was that. I would love to believe it was that. But I digress. Back to the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> There's a whole subreddit dedicated to this, and people have found old, like, they found a book at a thrift store, but the barcode scanner on the back is spelled Steen, S-T-E-I-N. Some people have found old, like, stuffed animals that have the other spelling. Well, and when I googled Shazam starring Sinbad, there's a video that says, we found Sinbad's, we found Sinbad's Shazam genie movie. Like, they insist that they found the thing that it's real. But a ton of stuff is like, it's not, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. So there is the possibility that the explanation is the family's actual name is Baron Stain, but when it was first published, there was some sort of a spelling error. Sure. It was a mixture of that slash a mixture of. Some people brought up the fact of the uh, name being, like, Jewish. So maybe it was changed, and now they've gone and changed it all back. Oh. I think it's because we're in a different timeline. Sure. (laughs) Well, that's obviously the most reasonable explanation. I just find it so interesting because, yeah, I read that, and I distinctly remember them being the Berenstein Bears and then I listened to Hello from the Magic Tavern this week, and they make a Steam Stein joke. Oh my god. It's talking about like a mug Stein, yeah. and Chunt says, is that a, how would you spell that? Steen or Stein? Or I was like, I know that. Oh I'm not talking about that on my podcast. I love it. I love so, that you talked about it. Let me know, listeners. How do you remember that family yeah, of the- bears being spelled? Because I swear to God, it's spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. I remember being spelled with an E. Yeah. Thank but you. I remember also seeing on the internet that that didn't happen. And, and I, that that's not real. And I felt and- crazy. Yes. But I knew I wasn't alone. We all got bumped over to a different timeline. Yeah, we did. So, Stephanie, what are you talking about in your timeline today? So, in my timeline, I am going to talk about um, the disappearance of Agatha Christie. My heart dropped for a split second because my story next week is a disappearance. And I was like, I swear to fucking God, if she's doing the same thing, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to be like, well, we're not recording. Um, No. So I'm I'm talking about the disappearance of Agatha Christie. So Agatha Christie, a very prolific novelist, um, wrote a lot of horror. I say horror. Mystery. Mystery, I would say, is more in line with what Agatha Christie wrote. Um, but to this day, I think is one of, like, the best-selling authors of all time. Yeah. Like, up there, like, I think she's only outsold by, like, the Bible. Um, but she also wrote, like, dozens and dozens of books. She was putting out tons of material in the 20s. Um, and at one point, she disappeared. Now, she, it's not that she disappeared and no one knows, like, she never came back. She disappeared, but then she showed up again. And continued to write her novels. Okay? But nobody knew where the fuck she went. She was abducted by aliens. And she disappeared for, I want to say it was 11 days. Yes. So she disappeared for 11 days. So her husband, Archie, 
I believe. I'm going to confirm. But yes. So her husband, Archie, was like, look, Agatha, like, I want a divorce. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was basically like, (laughs) just kind of like weird about it. And then the next night she packed her car, put all her shit in her car, and she like drove off. But then her car the next day was found at the bottom of the hill like it was dead. Well, it wasn't dead. She wasn't in it. The hood was lifted up. The lights were on. Like there was something wrong with the car, but there wasn't anything wrong with the car. She was just gone and the car was at the bottom of the hill. Okay. But not like wrecked. But not like wrecked. Okay. Okay. Um, it was found perched above a chalk quarry with an expired driving license and clothes. So her clothes were in there and her, and they only knew it was her car because they found the license. And then they're like, Agatha Christie, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So it caused um, a public outcry. Like there were tons of people because like I said, she was already a well-known novelist at the time. So people were like, oh my God, Agatha Christie disappeared? Like what happened? It's a mystery. She writes mysteries. Oh my God, the irony. (laughs) Um, So people were like freaking out and like, what happened? What happened to Agatha Christie? The Home Secretary, uh, William John- Johnson, it's got a, not an H, but a Y. William right. Johnson Hicks pressured the police and a newspaper, and they offered a hundred pound reward. Now, this was in the 1920s, yeah. so it was like a lot of money. And there were over a thousand police officers, there were 15,000 volunteers, and uh, several airplanes were used, which that was not a thing back then. They did wow. not use airplanes to look for people. We're pulling out the planes for Agatha. Right, but they were like, get the planes. We're going to fucking look for Agatha Christie because she is a national treasure <laughs> and we cannot be without her. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle gave a spirit medium one of Christie's gloves to help find her. <laughs> Crime novelist uh, Dorothy L. Sayers visited the house in Surrey and used the scenario in her book, Unnatural Death. Oh. Christie's disappearance was featured on the front page of the New York Times. Despite the extensive manhunt, she was not found for 10 days. And when she showed back up, she uh, they found her in a hotel. It was on the 14th of December, 1926. She was found in the Swan Hydropathic Hotel, now known as the Old Swan Hotel in Harrogate, Yorkshire, registered as Mrs. Teresa Neal. And she said she was from Cape Town. Uh, Christie's autobiography makes no reference to her disappearance. So she never talked about it ever again. But, like, when she, they found her, she was like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing here. What? Like, I'm Teresa. And she, like, they took her home, and then she never spoke about it ever again. And everybody was like, what happened? Like, where did you go? <laughs> where was Agatha Christie? What did you do? Right. So, two doctors diagnosed her as having, having suffered from amnesia. And they said that she was in a fugue state when she, mm-hmm. like, wandered into this place and gave a fake name and whatever. And she was just living as this other person in this hotel for a few days. What the fuck? Opinions remain divided as to why she disappeared. And some people were like, that amnesia was bullshit. Like, that was her, you know, getting revenge on her husband. Or she had a nervous breakdown. Like... She just needed to get away. Like, she needed to get away. Her biographer, Laura Thompson, suggested that Christie let this out in the six novels that she wrote from 1930 to 1956 under the nom de plume Mary West Mascot. 
uh, in a style quite different from her regular detective stories. She was known to be in a depressed state from literary overwork, because remember I said she wrote like crazy. Yeah. Her mother's death earlier that year and her husband's infidelity. Public reaction at the time was largely negative, supposing a publicity stunt or an attempt to frame her husband for murder. (laughs) I like the thought that she was attempting to frame her husband for murder. You like she was trying to gone girl him in the 1920s? She, yes. She left a fake diary. She's like, my husband's going to kill me. She left a bunch of fake blood. She left her blood everywhere. And then she just fucking gone girled it. Yeah. Uh, the 1979 Michael Apted film Agatha features a disclaimer in the opening credits stating that what follows is an imaginary solution to an authentic mystery. <laughs> the film stars Vanessa Redgrave and Timothy Dalton as Agatha and Archie and depicts Tr- uh, Christie as planning suicide in such a way as to frame her husband's mistress for the murder. Ooh. An American reporter, played by Dustin Hoffman, follows her closely and stops the plan. Christie's heirs unsuccessfully sued to prevent the film's distribution. The author, Jared Cade, interviewed numerous witnesses and relatives for his sympathetic biography, Agatha Christie and the Eleven Missing Days, revised in 2011. He provided substantial evidence to suggest that she planned the event to embarrass her husband, never anticipating the resulting escalated melodrama. The Christies divorced in 1928, and Archie remarried Nancy Neal, which is the woman he was having an affair with. Agatha retained custody of their daughter, Rosalind, and Christie named... Uh, excuse me, and the Christie name for her writing. During their marriage, she published six novels, a collection of short stories, and a number of short stories in magazines. So the other thing is, um, so one person also suggested, yeah, that she had considered suicide and that that was part of the plan. So really, like, that, she really was the original Gone Girl. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, Where, like, she planned it, and then she was like, oh, no, this person helped me catch him this whole time. Neil Patrick Harris did it. Um, But now, Andrew Wilson has unveiled a new theory as to why she vanished with no explanation, that she had left her home intending to take her own life. But after crashing her car, which... um, from what I had read, I never read anything about a crash, just that it was left there. That was why it was so weird. Yeah. Because there wasn't anything wrong with it, but the lights were on. It like, it was just left. Yeah. That she was overcome by her Christian belief that suicide was a sin and felt so ashamed of herself that she constructed the idea that she suffered from memory loss, according to Wilson. His new novel, A Talent for Murder, is fictional, but is based on his theory that the truth about Christie's disappearance has been hiding in plain sight. So there, no one really knows to this day. No one can really confirm wow. what exactly happened, why she was there, the circumstances under which she arrived. But she came back from that and, again, went on to write more novels and wrote until she died a totally normal death from natural causes. But she never, ever spoke about it ever again after that. She wouldn't talk about it with anyone. So no one knows even her side of the story. No one really can say, like, what happened or how she got there wow yeah oh my gosh that's crazy yeah there's an episode of doctor who where you know she does stuff with them and the aliens and then she loses her memory and that's what explains it but i mean doctor who does that with all sorts of like weird like mysteries in time where they're like the doctor was there that's why no one knows (laughs) um but yeah nobody yeah nobody knows if it's that she really had a nervous breakdown or that she was just trying to, like, frame her husband or just make him crazy, like, just scare him a little bit. Nobody, nobody knows. Wow. 
Wow. That's Agatha That's Christie. Agatha. Where's Agatha? Well, she's dead now. Well, I know that. Well, at the time, she was at the, the hotel. Well, they didn't know where she was then, for a while. Under the name Teresa. Teresa, Teresa. Speaking of Teresa, you can see Teresa and Sarah in the family of Mary Gerard. Was she crazy or was she having it? It's just like the mystery of Agatha Christie. Yep. Did she? Well, no, we know. She didn't disappear. She was buried in an unmarked grave. In an unmarked grave, yeah. Not Agatha Christie, but Mary Gerard. Mary Gerard. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of a short baby episode. <laughs> Keeping it a little light and Keeping it a little spoopy. light while we're not in our regular recording space. Yeah. But please, 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 if you would like to hear us be tip-top shape all the time, you can help us by supporting our Patreon for as little as $1 a month. There's a $1 tier, a $5 tier, and a $15 tier. And the $15 tier actually gets you merch to your house. That's right. You get a hand-captured, hand-crafted ghost fart mailed directly to your home with a lovely piece of parchment all about the story of whose fart is in the jar. And it's a lovely, lovely, commemorative little piece that you can keep in your home for as just little as $15 a month. $15 whole dollars. Look out for Sarah's show. That's coming up next month in September. That's The Insanity of Mary Gerard. You can look out for my book on Amazon, Bad Sex and Other Problematic Analogies. Other ways that you can support this show, of course, are by writing us a review on iTunes or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. If you take a screenshot and email it to us at deadtimestories with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com, we'll send you a sticker for our appreciation. Send it right to you. Send it right to you. But otherwise, we want to thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 